0: Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. How y'all doing today? Good. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you look good today. Turn to your other neighbor and try to explain to them why you didn't tell them first. (laughs) Hopefully it's not your spouse. (laughs) That could get a little awkward. How many of y'all know we live in some interesting times? Amen. Amen. Well, the the temperature was almost as high as Alabama's score this morning. I don't know if y'all saw on the news, uh, Kanye West released a Christian album. Yeah, so this is where, I just wanna let you know where I stand on that. I don't know the motives of any person's heart. There's been people that have been declaring they've been Christians their whole lives and they may stand before God and God's gonna say, I knew you not. But I am so thankful that regardless of what anybody else says or does, that album is going to help the kingdom of God. People are gonna listen. People are gonna hear about the message of Jesus Christ. They're gonna hear about Chick-fil-A. That's never a bad thing. And uh, so I'm excited for that guy. I think we need to keep praying that more and more people that have influence like he has come to know Jesus, amen? Amen. We're in this series wrapping it up, dangerous prayers. Been talking about how a lot of times we, can, we might pray some safe prayers. God bless me, God take care of me, God take care of my puppy. Um, most people don't pray God take care of my cat, but if you do, bless you. We're glad that you're here regardless. And, uh, but, I, but we've been talking like, what are the dangerous prayers? These are prayers where it's not necessarily, God, what are you gonna do for me? But more, God, I wanna be obedient to what you would ask for me to do for you. And so we talked about the prayer of search me how dangerous of a prayer that is. Because if you're really honest, then that means you're gonna be searched, which means you're gonna be laid bare before the Lord. There's no better place than that. There's no better place than for you to be completely honest and transparent before the Lord. And then we talked about forgive them. How many of y'all know that can be a difficult prayer? If you've been hurt, if, if you've lost friends, if you've, if you've been mistreated or abused, it can be a difficult, dangerous prayer. And then last week, shape me. Will you just mold me, God, into whatever you want me to be? Okay, but once he's done molding you, that feeds really well into this week's dangerous prayer. And that is, Lord, send me. Send me. So if you have your Bibles, Bible apps, however you want to read the word, we'll have it on the screen too. I want you to turn to Isaiah 6. I'll give you a little bit of context of this verse. Verse uh, in, this, in this beginning part of this chapter, Isaiah is a major prophet in the Old Testament. He has a vision of heaven, and in this vision, he sees God. And it says that the train of God's robe was filling the temple, which basically means God's presence was everywhere. His presence, look, when you, and we feel it. Uh, how many of y'all ever been in worship, and you're like, something's different. Something's going on right now as we're worshiping God, and you just felt like, man, there's just something, someone is here. I don't know how to describe it. Now, some of us, we weren't raised in church where during worship, maybe we experienced the presence of God. And so for some of us, I mean, that. but that's what it is. When you've ever just felt like, man, I feel like my soul's being encouraged right now. Man, nothing does that like the presence of God. And so you can imagine what it's gonna be like when we are not held back in any way from the presence of God standing in his throne room. And then it talks about these angels that are flying around God's throne and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. We talked a little bit about that last week. Man, God is holy. And so Isaiah, as he's recognizing the holiness of God, he realized, man, I am not worthy to even witness this, to even have this vision. I'm not even worthy. I'm, I'm an unclean man. But God has a plan for that. It says an angel came and touched his lips with his coal, which just represents God sanctifying him. And then after he sanctifies him, he's like, okay, now that you've been sanctified, I got a job for you. You see, God never separated or meant to separate our being saved from our being sent. But a lot of times we stall out. Man, we're so thankful. I'm so. How many of you guys are thankful for the grace of God? and how he saved you and how he paid the price for us. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think true thankfulness demonstrates itself in making sure that other people get to experience the same thing. And so in verse eight, it says this. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Man, that is a bold prayer. I love that. But here's the thing, there's a lot of other people in the Bible where God came to them and asked them to go. And I think a lot of them responded some of the same ways that I know that I've responded. I'm sure some of us have responded because of fear, because of insecurity, because of a lot of different reasons. I think ultimately every person I'm gonna mention, they, they came back around. God had to get their attention, but they came back around. But their initial response to God asking them to go I think is represented in some of our lives as well. We got Gideon. Here I am, but I'm not good enough. Judges 6:14 says, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. And I am sending you, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. I'm sorry, but if an angel of the Lord, representing God, shows up and speaks to me audibly to go, it's just gonna, it's hard for me to imagine I'm gonna have some kind of an excuse, like, I don't know, Lord. Like, it just doesn't feel right. I just, I'm kind of skinny. I'm not real strong. I skip leg day a lot, and I'm just not that strong. The picture around this whole encounter is amazing to me. Gideon is down in a pit threshing wheat, which which doesn't work. He's in a pit. The only way that you can separate wheat and chaff is you have to have a breeze. He's down in a pit where there is no breeze. This is the kind of fear and insecurity, and some of us have been in that place. It's like we're working, but we're working with a ton of insecurity, and we're not really being effective in the work that we're doing because of our insecurity because we're not working with God to do something. And so Gideon's got this insecurity. He says, not me, I, I, I can't do this. And then you have Jeremiah. Here I am, but I'm too young. I'm too young for all the young people in the room. This is what it says in Jeremiah five. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Some of you, you may be using that. And it may not be I'm too young, but you may be saying I can always get to it next year. I can get to it someday, at some point. But at one point or another, that just becomes never. And then you have Jonah. Here I am, but I'm out of here. Like he didn't even try. Jonah just ran. Jonah chapter one, verse two, it says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran the other way from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. Jonah just ran away from the Lord. some of you are in that spot. You're just running from God. Then you had Moses, here I am, but I want you to send someone else. In the next is 412, it says this, Now go, I will help you speak and we'll teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. See, Moses believes in the mission. He actually totally agrees with God. He just doesn't like the suggested messenger. He's like, I'm all about this, God. I just think you should send someone else. I think this can be so easy for us to do too. Any of y'all ever raising kids, you know at one point or another, they're gonna ask you to buy them something right? Even if they have money, they're going to love the idea of you buying them something. They're going lo- to love the idea of acquiring this. They're going to be passionate about it until you suggest that they're the ones that need to pay for it. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh no, no, no. We need it, but I don't need to pay for it but a lot of us can slip into this. I've heard some crazy things around this subject. I've heard things like, well, you know what? You need to ask, uh, what's her name? She's a stay at home mom. She doesn't have anything going on. Talk about dangerous statements. You will get cut saying that kind of stuff. I've heard people say things like, Well, I don't really need to give because I don't really have a lot. I think the wealthy people need to step up. The rich, let the rich people give. I've heard people say things like, Yeah, we need to do missions and outreach, but not me. I'm I'm just gonna stay back and pray. I had somebody this last week. They don't go to this church, so you don't need to worry about that. But they say, hey, I, I saw there's some, some activity happening out there next to y'all's building. Y'all adding on to your building. Like, no, sir, actually, that's going to be an assisted living facility. And, and uh, so he's like, well, I thought y'all bought that property. I'm like, no, sir, they wanted $650,000 for that track of land. And I just didn't feel like that was going to be uh, worthwhile parking for us. It just seemed a little expensive. And he's like, well, it seems like y'all needed to build a bigger building. And so I thought this, I really wanted to say it. I didn't say it, but I wanted to say it. I wanted to say, Lord, or sir, is this your way of telling me you want to donate a million dollars to our church? (laughs) You seem really passionate about us having all this land and having more space in our building. Because there's been a point or another in my life where I'm sure I've said, you know what they need to do? They need to, somebody needs to. I know I've done it in church. Man, they need somebody to rent. I need, it's, this is a really good idea. I've had people come to me. You know what you all need? You know what you need to do in this church? And they'll tell me, I'm like, I think you are the perfect person for that. You are so passionate about it. It is amazing. So none, now none of y'all are gonna bring me any ideas. And that is the point. <sighs> and then Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Look, God is looking for people that he can send Now He's looking for people that are just willing. And he will use ordinary people. He will use imperfect people. He will use insecure people. But he can't use uncommitted people. He's, he needs somebody who's just saying, I'm willing. I, I don't have it all together. I'm not sure if I know how to, but I'm willing. In 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Fully committed. How does God want to use this? God wants to use this where we are. God wants to use us where we are. Have you ever been looking for something? And so you went and looked where you thought it was gonna be and you you didn't find it. So you went and looked somewhere else. You didn't find it there. You went back and you're like, no, I remember it being right over here. So you went and looked again. You didn't find it. So you looked a few other places. And then you're like, no, that's God. And you went back. And you found it right where you thought it was going to be. Like this happens. I read this somewhere the other day. It said, how is it that a man cannot find something in the refrigerator, but he can spot a deer 300 yards away (laughs) in an open field? I find that a lot of times the thing that God is trying to get you to see is right in front of you. Like what, it, what God is actually asking you to do and where to minister and who to love has been right in front of you the whole time. Now, here's the thing. I, I think some people, they feel like, man, uh, this dangerous prayer, like send me. I don't know if I want to pray that because what did God ask me to sell everything I own, my house, and ask me to move to Djibouti, Africa to be a missionary. (laughs) That may happen. But more than likely, God is asking you just to be a missionary right where you are. Right with your coworkers, right with your neighbor, right with your family, right there. John chapter 4 verse 35 says, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. In other words, sometimes all you need to do is just lift your eyes up a little bit away from what you're doing, what you're so focused on. If you just lift your eyes up a little bit, you'll see, man, God's got a lot for me to do. Right here, right where I'm at, right where I'm at. Luke 10 too, it says this, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. Jesus was saying, like, we don't have a harvest problem. The problem is not people that need to be ministered to, loved, people that need to be witnessed to. We don't have a lack of that. What we have a lack of is people that are willing to do the work. And the same is still true today. All around us. So recently I met with somebody that just started serving around our church. He's like, you know, I didn't serve for a long time because it just seemed like there wasn't, you know, you guys kind of had it going on. Like, seems like everything's kind of taken care of. Now I'm serving. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a lot to do. And I'm like, yeah, we need more workers. We need more leaders. We need more people. And I'm I'm not, here's the deal. Like, we're never going to be a church that, like, begs people to do stuff. We want people to be moved and compelled by the Holy Spirit. But I just want to let you know, we are a growing church. We have a huge harvest. Our city is a huge harvest. Our schools, there's a harvest. We just need more workers, we need more people. God wants to use this where we're gifted, where we're gifted. Anybody have kids that are smarter than them? If your kid's with you, you're probably not going to admit that right now. But anybody have kids that are smarter than them? I, I do. Like all my kids, I didn't say they have more wisdom than me. I just said they're smarter. Like they have, they're they just intelligent people. And I remember when I was growing up and I was in like elementary school, and you guys remember like the, the really super smart kids? GT. <laughs> GT kids. The GT kids would go off and have their own special little trips, their own special little room with their special little brains. And they used to, like, I'm just like, come on. I'm cool too. I've got a kid in GT now. <laughs> and he knows it. <laughs> but you know, as a dad, when I look at my kids, I can see how individually gifted and talented every single one of them are. And the word is very clear, you are all in GT. Every single person is excellent at something. God has given you gifts and talents placed inside of you. He spoke them before you were ever even born. And he just wants you to use them for him. And the great thing is he will use you where you're gifted. In Romans 12:4 it says, "Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has special functions, so with it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, all being belong to each other." So some things about spiritual gifts. First of all, spiritual gifts are given by God. This is why it's important that you don't boast about any gift that you have or talent you have because you wouldn't have it if God didn't give it to you. It's also why you shouldn't live in a place of insecurity, that somehow your gift isn't good enough because God only gives good gifts. So you shouldn't complain that you didn't get the same gift that somebody else has because you don't feel like your gift is as good as someone else because that would suggest that somehow God made a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. So your gift is from God and it's all so important because it's for his church. It's for the bride of Christ. Spiritual gifts are also given very differently. Romans 12, 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. You don't need to covet other people's gifts. Your gift is gonna be different. If every person's gift was the same, we would be in trouble. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine every person in this room thinking that they're supposed to be doing what I'm doing right now? The confusion that this would create? We have different gifts. Every one of them are important. They're given differently. So how do you know what your gifts are? When you start operating around your gift, you're going to feel renewed energy. You're going to feel like, man, I could do this for a long time. Not that it's effortless, but that feels like there's less effort when you're operating within your gift. It's like it's something that, it's your niche. It's your sweet spot. That being said, we should all serve no matter what even if we haven't specifically identified the gift that God has given us. Like, because I'll talk to people, some say, I just haven't figured out what my specific gift is. That's why I don't serve. I'm like, no. God will usually wind up revealing you what your gift is once you step out and begin to contribute and take on the character of Christ, which is to serve. Spiritual gifts are given to serve. They're given to serve. In 1 Corinthians twelve four it says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of all of them. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. The spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other so we can help each other. So the reason why these things are inside of us is because we're, we're here to meet other people's needs. But, but, but please understand this. In my experience, when I use my gifts, you know who benefits the most? I do. It helps me so much. It blesses me so much. I read this stat this last week. Um, because I've been curious about this before. I read that in the U.S. alone, every year, 22 million gallons of water are trapped in plastic bottles and thrown away. 22 million gallons of water, just in the U.S. every year. I thought, man, that is a picture of what happens with some of our gifts. We're this vessel. God has put some things in us that he is meant for us to use. And if the lid is off, you'll be able to pour out. The other thing is, if the lid's off, you can get poured into. And the way that God intended for this to work is you just stay open and he'll continue to pour himself in. And as he pours himself in, you will overflow. And that'll be your ministry. That'll be him using you, using you as a vessel. And it's so important that this happens in your life. Because if you don't, you're going to go stagnant. One of the things that was so interesting when I was in Israel, is interesting how the geography spoke of the things of God. How there's this river that, I went to the source of the Jordan River. How the source, it's just like the cleanest water. You could drink right out of this and how, how that flows into the Sea of the Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is like teeming with life. Like all the stories of, of all the fishing and all this stuff that happened with the disciples and Jesus, it was all happening around the Sea of Galilee. And it's not a huge body of water, but it's just full of life because of what's flowing in, yes, but also because there's a place that it flows out. Because the next place that the Jordan River stops is the Dead Sea, you know why it's dead? There is no living, there's nothing living in the Dead Sea. Nothing. Full of salt. And the reason why it is that way, it it doesn't empty from there. The Jordan River comes into it and it stops. And there's no life. That can happen with your gift. That can happen with the things that God is pouring into you. If you don't have a place that you're pouring out, eventually, doesn't bring life. It won't bring life to the people around you, but it's also gonna start killing who you are. God wants us to use these things. This is why we're always, as a church, we're trying to place people where they're gifted. We're trying to figure out, like, hey, just start serving. It may not be your sweet spot initially, but if if you're faithful with it, I promise God's gonna start revealing some things and speaking to you, and before you know it, we're gonna find a sweet spot. So when people come to us and, and we're trying to figure out, like, what do you... What are you, how are you built and how are you wired? If you're going to be outgoing and good with people, you can smile. Help us greet for a little bit. There may be something else for you to do, but just help us welcome people for a little bit. If all you can do is smile, but maybe you don't want to talk to people, but you believe that everything has its place. We got plenty of cars that need to find a place every Sunday. And we need more people on our parking team. And if you're here in you like to organize information, you like talking to people and answering questions, and maybe you should work at the Welcome Center. If you can play the harmonica or the tambourine, you can do interpretive dance, you need to audition with Ethan, please come and tell him as soon as the service, I expect a line of people to come and and ask Ethan, please let me try out. I'm a master with the rain stick. If you love kids, we have kids, lots of them. If you love the down and out, if you love the opportunity to, to get outside of the four walls of our church, you have plenty of opportunities. We have Adopt-A-Block, and Dream Center, and City Serve, and Christmas Mall. God wants us to use use us where we're called. What are you called to do? Sometimes God calls you where you aren't currently. um, Because sometimes God wants to move you. Sometimes you're in a place where you you feel comfortable, but God calls you in a place that you're not comfortable. It may not feel like it's who you are. It may not be where you feel gifted necessarily initially or at least maybe you just don't think you're gifted. I want you to write this down. I didn't make this up. I don't know who wrote this initially, but I think it's really important for you to understand this. Write this down. Say it. It says God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. That is my testimony. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the call. 1 Corinthians one twenty six says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God is looking for vessels, willing vessels. He sent his son so that we could find ourselves in him. But Jesus had to yield and submit. Jesus said, man, I'm I'm just here to do the will of my father. Jesus allowed himself to be sent. And, uh, and it is a Lordship thing. I think it is just submitting. And, I, and I, I know with all my heart that there are some vessels. I just think about the amount of gift that is sitting in this room right now. The abilities, the callings, And I just wonder, are, are all the lids off? Are all the lids off? Are we all in a place where we just say, here I am. Here I am. I'm willing, I'm willing, send me. But you have to be submitted. Your life has to be submitted to him first. You won't even wanna have the conversation. It's a dangerous prayer, but you won't even wanna have the conversation if if you haven't already realized that you're loved and forgiven and the price that Jesus paid for you and you're submitted to him. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If you're here today and you've never submitted to Jesus, maybe you did at one point or another, but even this morning, you're realizing, man, I, I feel like I've been Identifying as a believer for a long time, but I've never truly given my life, submitted to him, to where I could even be in a place where I could be used and sent by him. I've, I've enjoyed the benefits of God. I've enjoyed the benefits of Jesus' sacrifice, but I have never truly surrendered. And if you're here today, maybe you did that a long time ago, but maybe you've just been off track for a while. You've just been in a dry place. You've been in a place where you've been away from God. Or maybe you've just never had a relationship with him. I want you to know that God loves you. He proved it by giving the most important thing to him for you. He exchanged the life of his only son for your life if you're willing to accept that, then not only can he save you, not only can he forgive you, but he can give you purpose. He's already placed in you gifts and talents, whether you've seen them before or not, they're there. But he's ready to to do some, some amazing things in you and through you if you're willing to submit to him. If you're here today and you've just never done that, or maybe you haven't done it in a long time, I wanna pray with you. I believe that God wants to meet with you. The word says, if you can believe in your heart and just confess that you need him, just admit like, I need him, I'm away from him. The word says that you can be saved. So there's no one looking around and I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna do anything weird, but I'm just gonna ask you, can you be bold enough? Can you be bold enough to confess I need to submit my life to Jesus. I need him as my Lord and Savior. if that's you, put your hand up right now. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. Got it, thank you, thank you guys, thank you. Yes, got it, yes, got it, thank you guys. Anybody else? Got it, yes, got it bro, thank you. I really respect the boldness of these people. Like you raising your hand doesn't get you saved, but I know this. I know this, as soon as you did raise your hand, you're like, man, I just felt grace, meet me. That's the presence of God. Anyone else? I need Jesus. I'm ready to submit my life to him. Okay. Father God, I thank you for each one of these people that raised their hands. I don't know their whole story, but you've known their whole story before you even created the earth. You knew about this moment, you saw it. One of the reasons why you sent your son was for this moment, for each one of these people individually and you would have done it if it was just for them. So God, thank you. If you raise your hand, let's just talk to our heavenly father. Just say, here's my life. And I know that I'm a sinner and I I can't save myself. I know that my sin separates me from you. And right now I, I believe that you died on the cross for me, Jesus. I believe that you rose from the grave. And right now I ask you to forgive me of my sin and I surrender my life to you. I wanna be submitted to you and I wanna live the life that you have for me. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that this would be a turning point in every one of these people's lives, that true repentance would happen, Lord, that they would be a turning away from living the way they've been living and a turning towards you just saying I want to be used by you. I want to be the person that you've created me and called me to be. Revealing me the gifts that you've given me. And God, I pray in every one of their lives and in all of our lives that the daily prayer of our life would be, "Here I am. Send me." Send me. I'm not just going back to the same job. I'm not going back to just the same people. This is not just a routine. This is not just some monotonous, mundane life that I'm living. I am called by you and led by your Holy Spirit to make a difference for your kingdom. So open doors, give me favor. God, give me divine appointments with people that I can show and then share the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. Give us the grace to do it, Lord, in every one of our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise for those folks that made a decision.